All right, guys, Hot Grits Podcast, episode number four. Travis Jadon, Spencer Maddox here. We got a big episode for you guys as we record on Thursday night, April 2nd. Uh, I am quarantined in my room at my house in Savannah. Spencer is doing the same, uh, staying in-house, but that doesn't mean that we cannot bring you guys the hottest the hottest of grits. Uh, today's episode, we're going to have... Steaming hot grits, yeah. Today's episode, we're going to have a special interview with Malik Benlevy. Uh, Malik is a former Jenkins High School star on the basketball court, now with the Utah Jazz uh, G League affiliate in Salt Lake City. Um, Spencer, I thought the conversation with Malik was awesome, and he was super honest. And, and I learned a lot about the coronavirus and the kind of that night, how it all worked and how it all went down. Him being with the Utah Jazz is crazy because Rudy Gobert – was the first person to get it. I thought the interview yeah. was awesome. Yeah, I thought the interview was great. Uh, he's a cool kid, first off, uh, and he was pretty well-spoken. Um, and it, w- it was interesting to get a player's take, like because you know that they had to have found out before basically anyone else, given that they were in the Utah Jazz organization. And, uh, yeah, I mean – I'll, uh, I won't I won't give too much away from the for the interview, but it was it was great talking to him, and he's a good kid. Um, but yeah, you want to talk about uh, Tiger King to open this thing up? Yeah, so just to let everyone know, we'll talk. Uh, we'll have the Malik Ben Levy interview in the middle here. Um, we'll open it up. We want to at some point talk about Tiger King, Tiger Woods, the British Open, um, and then if we can get to it, possible. Uh, Tiger and Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady golf matchups. But yeah, where do you, you want to start with Tiger King? Yeah. Lots of tigers on this podcast, man. But yeah, all I'm saying is. And has turn coded on you and is just a public, the court of public opinion bandwagon that you're guilty. And I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen someone be so clearly in the wrong dude and try and like, prop themselves up by saying like we're talking about carol baskins carol baskins yeah that bitch carol baskins jeez yeah. she killed her husband no doubt uh for those just to be clear if you don't know what tiger king is uh you should probably not be listening to this podcast because you have a lot of other things you got to deal with uh yeah. tiger king is a must watch on netflix so we're kind of just giving our takes for Tiger King now. Yeah, O.J. Simpson's video. Uh, I'm guessing that's what you were referring to, Spencer. O.J. Simpson's video basically slamming Carol Baskin, saying that she murdered her husband <laughs> is all time. Because Yeah, it's like you say, dude. If O.J. Simpson is willing to, to Instagram this or to post a video about you being guilty for, for the murdering of a significant other, it's like you you got problems. That's yeah. That's an automatic, like, automatic worry sign right there. If OJ Simpson is the one, if, the, if OJ Simpson is the one calling you out about it, just an all time troll job too, man. Like, so tongue in cheek, yeah. hilarious, man. What I I love now, that I love that move by him, dude. I I it's it like probably made a lot of people mad. I'm pretty sure it would have made my dad mad, but. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Every old white guy ever disliked that video for sure. Yeah. But also, O.J. Simpson doing it in a Lacoste unbuttoned with Ray-Bans on the golf course <laughs> is even that's better. His, is even better. That's his standard go-to, though. Like, he, he does a lot of those videos on the golf course. I've seen a few of them. 
Yeah, I mean, probably because he can't. He's a great. He probably player. does not get a lot of threesomes. So I don't think there's a lot of like no. another three guys stepping up to the tee. Like, hey, let's play foursomes with OJ. I don't know, man. He's still pretty charismatic. He's probably got his own little cult out there. People that just don't really care if he one. Carol Baskin. Yeah, I guess similar. That. Yeah, not too dissimilar from Carol Baskin. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, what did you think of our guy on the jet ski toward the end of the documentary? I thought, and I don't know his name, but if you've seen it, you know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. I forget um, his name too. Jet ski guy. Jet ski. I just call him jet ski guy with excellent flow. Because <laughs> uh, he's got he's got really nice flow, waving in the wind there on the jet ski, like full on Kenny Powers look. Um, he true, might be Spencer. He might be the coolest rat of all time. Is he? Um, yeah, most liked rat of all time. I guess he could maybe go to the go to the Sopranos. Spoiler alert: If anyone hasn't seen all of Sopranos, but uh, what's his name? Uh, the girlfriend that they kill. In the Sopranos, you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't remember. We watched. So she's an informant. Yeah, she's an informant uh, in the Sopranos. She's a likable rat, but this guy is an all-time rat. Like he's the coolest rat of all time. I I would have to agree, but I almost think he's not a. He definitely is a rat, but everything got so convoluted in that show, and that you're like, is this guy the good guy? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I would have done at that point. Like, there's tigers involved. People are murdering people. People are scamming people. There's too much going on, and yeah, I he's either the coolest rat of all time or he's the person. Also, I can't imagine a, the feds coming in and club. taking all of his stuff. Owned a strip club, yeah. That guy owned a strip, that's how he made his money. That's true, yeah. That's so true. Um, what about what about the guy who the movie Scarface was potentially loosely based on? Oh, yeah. They just <laughs> snuck that in. They only, yeah, they only touched on that guy for like 15 minutes and we never saw him again. Like, are you telling me this guy could potentially be the real life Tony Montana and they're just going to leak him in like episode, like, like midway through episode two or something? Jeez. Just like work him in? And he was like acting like he loved animals and he was like, yeah, they were, uh, they were stuffing cocaine and live snakes and getting them over here. Yeah, multi-use yeah. animals, dude. Man, next episode uh, we need a power rank like the craziest characters in that show. That would be fun. I'm down for that. Yeah. Um, all right. What about the sort of guide for the beginning of the documentary? Uh, the chain smoking dude in a bar by himself in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah. Uh, the original documentary, and I guess of Joe Exotic's he seems exotic like, adventures. He seems like he could have been one of my uncles. Like that's that's how my side of the family is. Just like that kind of like yeah. You know what I mean? That, yeah, that's like, tougher than you, and he knows it. Yeah, exactly. He's got a uh, bad thing for him though, because that guy definitely blew up the alligator shed with the footage, right? Are we all on the same page on that? Oh, dude, no, man. You saw the video. You look. You saw the security camera video of whoever did it. That was that person in shadowy, shadowy figure walking away. All and this guy had the most deliberate walk ever. Like all I'm elbows pointed out exotic you blow up your own thing when you're not in town like that's when you do that you have somebody do that i remember seeing that and be like i don't know man this dude seems too much of a straight shooter but i could see that man everybody else got some dirt on him why not that guy yeah i don't understand if it wasn't 
if it wasn't the documentarian who blew it up, uh, then why would he dip out right after that? Why wouldn't he sell out? Why wouldn't he sell out Joe Exotic and sell out the whole thing and be pissed if it wasn't him and if he wasn't paid to do it? You know, that'd be the perfect out for him. You blow it up, collect your money from Carol or whoever paid you to blow it up, and then dip out of town. Yeah. Because you're so upset that the documentary got destroyed. I don't know. That's just one of the many things. Um, I liked. Uh, Nuts, I liked. I liked Carol Baskin uh, when Joe Exotic had the cologne on his shoe or whatever it was on his shoe uh, in the cage, and he thought someone was trying to kill him. They they cut to an interview with Carol Baskin, and she finds it hard to believe, and she immediately says, "If if you were going to kill someone with a tiger." You would use sardines, not cologne. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, like, you're, this bitch killed her husband so 100%. You are so guilty. And she's never going to be tried I mean, on it either. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to reopen that, that cold case now. Did you see that on Twitter? Good. Yeah. Not if uh, not if Carol's simpleton husband has anything to say about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. He is such, the guy that, such a The guy sick. that was willing to be put on a leash yeah. for his wedding photo? Ick, dude. Ick. Does that that just gives me chills just thinking about it? I don't even like looking at that meme because man, you you exist, dude. Yeah, it's a real person. Um, the whole thing made me think, though, with Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin, that rivalry. I mean, the the whole documentary like it said this over and over, and it was pretty clear that rivalry kind of sparked both of them to more fame than they either one would have had or infamy, whichever one you want to say more notoriety than either one would have had on their own. So it makes me wonder, does the hot grits podcast need a rival? <laughs> yeah, we need, we need to, we got to feud with somebody. I told you that day one. Um, yeah, but we just haven't found anyone that, I mean, there's a lot of people that piss me off a great deal, but no one that really feuds with us yet. We need a good feud. Yeah, you know my long-term nemesis is anyone in a biker gang. So if there's any biker gang podcasts out there, we should just hit them up. You know what I mean? That'll it'll be good for both sides. Yeah, come at us. You know how to find us at Podcast Grits and uh, HotGritsPod at Gmail dot com. That's how you find us. Bro. Yes, shoot me an email and then jump off a bridge. I hate you. All right, you good to leave Tiger King right there and hit this uh, Malik Ben Levy yeah. interview? Let's do it. All right, here's what we're going to do. We'll have um, – uh, I'll intro the Malik Ben Levy interview. Uh, then you'll hear the Malik Ben Levy interview. And then afterwards, we'll react to that and we'll get our takes on Tiger Woods and the British Open being canceled. They're trying to steal Jack's 18 majors. They're trying to steal Tiger's chance of breaking it, and I'm not going to have it. So uh, – all right, here is uh, my intro for the Ben Levy interview, and then you'll hear Ian Spencer talking with... All right, guys, next up we'll have our interview with Malik Ben Levy. Ben Levy is the former star at Jenkins High School uh, on the basketball court, won the 2015 1-3A state championship, or 3A state championship with Jenkins, uh, averaging 17 points and seven rebounds. Ben Levy was the 2015 Savannah Morning News Player of the Year. He was the 2015 Region 1 3A Player of the Year. Uh, And then he went on to star at Georgia State for four years uh, after starting at Jenkins. 
Ben Levy was the 2019 Sunbelt Conference Tournament MVP, appeared in two NCAA tournaments with the Panthers up in Atlanta, over 130 games played and averaged 12 points and seven boards his senior season at Georgia State. In October of 2019, Ben Levy signed with the Salt Lake City Stars of the NBA G League, that's the Utah Jazz affiliate. Uh, And there, Ben Levy, before the coronavirus outbreak, had played in 37 games, averaging just about six points in about 18 minutes per night. But in our interview coming up with Ben Levy, uh, he talks about a number of things. First, we talk about, uh, obviously, since Georgia State, how he wound up in Salt Lake City. He went through the Mexican Pro League for a short stint. Um, And then we talk about the coronavirus Uh, outbreak uh, as he's a member of the Utah Jazz and if you'll remember Rudy Gobert um, who Ben Levy talks about in this interview uh, was kind of the first person uh, to be you know publicly known to have coronavirus in the league and then later that night the league was canceled so Ben Levy really has some fascinating things to say about that night and uh, the days immediately following the cancellation of the NBA season or the postponement of it Um, He's now back in Savannah, so we talked to him about how he's staying in shape in Savannah and how difficult it's been to work out under the limitations. Uh, We'll talk to him about his time in Mexico and what he remembers from that. Um, And, you know, a number of other things, uh, his thoughts on the G League, his thoughts on uh, that 2015 state championship with Jenkins, uh, and then some other things too. Ben Levy gets into Michael Jordan versus LeBron. Uh, He's got strong takes on that. We even touch on Tiger King and his favorite spots um, in Savannah to eat and to hoop at. So hope you guys enjoy this interview with Ben Levy. He was really interesting and and I thought honest the whole time. It's about half an hour. Um, Stay tuned afterwards for some brief discussions from Spencer and I uh, on the latest and what we hope to be sports coming up soon. But here's our interview with Malik Ben Levy. Hope you enjoy. All right, we're joined now by Malik Ben-Levy. Malik, former Jenkins basketball star, Georgia State Panther star, and now current Salt Lake, Salt Lake City star, literally, uh, Salt Lake City stars in the G League uh, for the Utah Jazz organization. Malik's going to jump on and talk to us kind of about what, what he's been doing to stay in shape and kind of how the whole coronavirus uh, pandemic that's been dominating everyone has has affected his life and uh, in his rookie year in the G League. So, Malik, thanks for joining us. No problem, man. All right, so take us through. So you are in the NCAA tournament in spring 2019. You guys get eliminated uh, at Georgia State there. And then kind of what, what happened next for you and kind of what were the next few months like, um, and, you know, kind of where, where you went to go play and, and how you ended up in Salt Lake City? Uh, so the first couple of months was kind of crazy because, like, uh, right after I graduated, well, at first I was looking for agents, uh, meeting with agents and stuff, trying to figure out which agent was right for me. Then I ended up actually finding an agent that I thought was pretty good. So he got me this job in Mexico. Right after, like, two days after I graduated, I left him with the Mexico and played Damn. like a month and a half, maybe. Finished, uh, it was probably like maybe 10 games left in regular season. Went out there, we made the eight seed, ended up losing first round of the playoffs. So then I came back home. I ended up firing my first agent and hired a new agent 
he was like my AAU coach in high school when I played for the Atlanta Celtics. So we had a connection there. And then I was just in Atlanta working out all summer, looking for like waiting for overseas offers and stuff. And then Bart Taylor, the GM of the Salt Lake City Stars, ended up texting me, asking me, like, do I want to come work out and stuff? So I ended up getting a workout. I worked out for three days, and, like, I had three great workouts, shot the ball well. You know, it was pretty good. So they uh, asked me, did I want to play for them? And I was like, yes. I ended up, I ended up signing the uh, contract. And then I went back out there for a training camp, basically. So I went out there for yeah. training camp, made the team, made the official team at the training camp, and that was it. And so you're you're, you know, thirty something games into the G League season, or or you you know you were appeared in at least thirty something games. I think it's thirty seven games uh, before all this coronavirus stuff happened. Kind of, if you could take us through what that was like when when all that news came down. I mean, us as fans, obviously, we it all happened so fast for for you guys in the, in the G League, and I don't know where you were at that time or kind of what, what your schedule was like, but. How did you guys learn of all of that stuff and how fast did it happen for you guys? Man, it happened so fast. So, like, right when they uh, announced that Rudy Rudy had it, we were about to play the uh, Northern Arizona Suns. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was actually about to tip off. It was like we just – we were about to do the starting lineups. And then he just said, They pulled y'all off the floor? Pulled us off the floor, told everybody to go back to the locker room. Oh my gosh! And where, that was in Arizona. Yes, that's wild. And so, but and I guess prior to that, y'all had known about coronavirus and that, like everyone had like learned about. It, but how did y'all ever think that it would come to that, and especially that quickly? We knew about the virus, and we didn't think it was gonna come that quickly. Like, cause we was like kind of talking about it in the locker room. We was like, uh. I don't know. This could be the end, but I don't, we were like, nah, we don't think they're gonna end the season. So then we was like warming up to play. Matter of fact, it was so crazy because like, all right, we're, we was the number one seed in the West, and we needed that that game right there to clinch the division. Yeah. So the game we was about to play, they was like the worst team in the G League, whole whole G League team, with whole G League league. So we was pretty much. We was gonna win that game and clinch the division. Yeah, and then right before the tip off, they sent us to the locker room. Like everybody goes to the locker room, so we were sitting in the locker room for like forty five minutes. Like we couldn't leave. Man, that's crazy. That's and so, so they kept you guys. They keep you guys in the locker room. And I know one thing, Spencer and I were wondering, like how, like how free were you guys after that forty five minutes? So you have to wait. Like, did they? Like, did they immediately test you guys, or do you like? How did all that work? We actually didn't didn't get tested. We was uh, so we had two two way players that were just with the Jazz, so they separated them from us because, immediately. Yeah, because they had like contact with Rudy and stuff. Right, and we end up uh, they end up saying uh, something happened, so. Like the next morning, we bust from Salt Lake from uh Arizona to Salt Lake City. The next morning, it's like yeah. probably like a twelve hour drive. 
the two ways ended up riding with us on the bus because they were, they were like uh, that everything was cool. Like they were, they didn't really have no touch well, or no contact with Rudy. They was with us practicing before Rudy got right in the yeah. weeks leading up. So the so the two way players were already back with the stars at that point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So man, that's nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. But like, and then we was with, we found out Donovan got it. Then it was just down here from the views. They told us when we got back to Salt Lake, we had to uh stay quarantined in our room and stuff. Yeah, so they stopped. They had stopped giving us so much information about who had it and who didn't in the NBA when it just blew up all across the country. I mean. Did, did you guys hear anything else about any other players getting tested? Or was it once Rudy and uh, Donovan, you know, you got the news about them. Everyone just shut down. Everyone kind of just shut down, right? Yeah, pretty much everyone just shut down. Like, we didn't really hear nothing about like that. It was just like we was getting updates every day of, like, uh, what's going on. Like, right. we can practice and stuff, but they didn't really tell us too much. Okay, so now and then, so when did you get back into Savannah? You're back in Savannah now, right? Yes, I got back in Savannah maybe, was it, uh, I think it might have been St. Patrick's Day. Okay, right. Okay, yeah, so middle of the month. And then I guess since then, you know, Savannah has been kind of shelter in place and a lot of things have closed up. Have you been able to? Do anything besides work out at your house, or have you been able to get shots up? I mean, how how has that looked for the last two weeks being in Savannah? Man, I haven't got any shots. So, like the first day I went to the gym, the gym got shut down to get clean. Damn, but I haven't been in the gym ever since that day. But then, like, I'm out here. I was uh, in the weight room at my uh, my girlfriend's apartment complex. I was in here lifting. For, I left for like two days this week. And then they shut down on me. <laughs> they closed, locked, shut that down they too. locked the door. So now I just oh, I just be getting up in the morning, just running. Then I do push ups, sit ups, crunches, and stuff like that. That that kind of transitions well into our our next. But have the have the stars been in contact with you about your workouts or anything, or just checking up on you at all? Or yes, have you mostly just been told to stay where you're at and don't move? Nah, they've been uh our trainer was texting us every day, asking us like, do we have any symptoms or anything like that? And then he's sending like workouts and stuff, like if we have access to like dumbbells, and he's sending workouts and stuff through the email. Gotcha. So what you been doing while you're while you're hanging out? Are you playing video games or anything, man? That new Call of Duty dropped. Actually, I'm not because uh my place isn't actually broke before I got back. So I really just been, you know. Oh no! Yeah, I just been chilling, you know, watching watching a few shows. That's devastating, man. Yeah, it is. I probably buy another one soon, though. I'm getting too bored. Damn, you yeah. got yeah, you got to, you, you gotta know. have something, man. I got a switch, but I need my PlayStation Four. <laughs> <laughs> so what's um? So if you're watching shows, I guess I mean Tiger King has got to be one of them, right? Actually, I started that yesterday. <laughs> you started it and haven't finished it yet? Haven't finished it yet. I started it last oh, night. Oh, Malik. I started last night. Oh, my God. Night. I was actually watching it uh, before we got on the podcast. See, here's what yeah. happened. We, we we fucked him up, dude. We, we stopped him halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> we stopped him halfway so, through Tiger King. 
are you sure you're down to finish this interview, man? Like, yeah, I'm down. I bet you're, I bet you're in like a weird mental place right now, uh, halfway through Tiger King. I am. It's man, that shit was crazy, but it's good though. I like it, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, Malik. So I wanted to ask you something. We're going through and looking at your, like your numbers, and obviously, you know, I've interviewed you before when you're at Georgia State, and even when you were at Jenkins uh, early on. Uh, I guess how I don't know how to ask this. You you play in over 130 games at Georgia State, zero technical fouls, and then I'm looking at your G League numbers. You got 35, 36, 37 games, and you got two technical <laughs> fouls. In the G League. You got to walk me through how those technical fouls happen. Man. I, and before you say that, I bet Travis that they came in the same game. Nah, they did. Am I right? About- they, had, they didn't. They didn't? Really? I told you. <laughs> Interesting. They, uh, so, man, it's like, I think my first technical foul, uh, I remember what happened, but I got into it to with somebody. And then. Uh, Quick whistle. Yeah, pretty much. Matter of fact, uh, what what happened? The dude said something to me, and I replied, and the ref ended up hearing me instead of hearing the dude, and I got the tech. See, I can't, I can't, I can't stand the verbal technicals, man. Like if a guy pushes another so guy, soft, him up, man. Yeah, that's why you gotta let them say whatever they want yeah. to say to each other. Yeah. Um, you know why though he gets zero technical fouls at Georgia State is because Ron Hunter's there getting all the technical fouls. Leaving, <laughs> yeah, leaving no technical fouls for anybody else. So you're just getting them all. I thought um, I had a couple at Georgia State, though. Well, look, they have they have you at zero. So, but I think what happens is is that sometimes in college, like if you get one, and another player gets one, it ends up going as like a team technical, like a bench technical or something. Uh, if it's a double tech, yeah, I think yeah. so in the stats. Yeah, I think so in the stats. But either way, they they logged you with with zero technical. That's like the only stat at Georgia State that you didn't accumulate because you were like I don't Spencer, I don't even know if I told you this. His senior year, he's six six. He's playing the five man at Georgia State. He's really? the, yeah, he's the five yeah. at Georgia State. <laughs> and he played all like he played the one at some point, like at one point. Like he was playing all these different positions. Um but yeah that, that I think that for me was the one stat that stuck out. How different is the G League from like I know the players, like the talent is good, but it's got to be a different vibe. I mean, obviously, I don't think the defense is what you faced in college. I wouldn't think, right? Right. It's a, like the difference is the floor spacing. So, like, you got much more room on the energy uh, lead because, like, the defense of three seconds, I feel like that's, that helps a lot because in college you can just sit in the paint. Yeah. Right. But, like, you got – in G League, you got to – you can't be in the paint – they're going to call it three seconds. So that gives people more space to operate and stuff. And it's like the game is much faster in the G League. Like it's a lot of it's a lot of guards are much quicker. The pace is quicker. Then, I bet there's not a lot of shot clock violations. I mean, dudes are getting shots nah, up yeah. in that league. Nah, well, this dudes get shots up for like for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Two way players. What was it like with the uh, experimental rules? The the one free throw stuff, it was weird. <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was pretty weird because, like, if you – if you well, it made it easier for people that, like, are bad free throw shooters, really. Because <laughs> That's what I think, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you can make – if you can make a free throw, one free throw, then you're good. But, like, it's, it's, it's sped the game up 
a lot quick. Even though they call a lot of fouls, I feel like the G League they call a lot of fouls in the G League. Yeah. So, but it made it kind of quicker because like one shot, boom, and back to play. And then yeah, the, that's true. And then like the fouls off the ball, where like if you foul someone off the ball, they get a free throw, stuff like that. I didn't really like that rule, but. All right, so I wanted to ask you about Mexico. I know, like, I, I follow you on Twitter, and for those, we'll let Malik plug his Twitter profile at the end of this, but he, he's definitely a good follow and opinionated. So I, I know when you were in Mexico, there were some tweets about things you missed that weren't in Mexico and things about Mexico that were different than the States. What was that experience like living in Mexico, even though it wasn't for that long? I mean, it had to have been kind of an eye-opener. Yeah, man, it was like, it was crazy out there in Mexico. Like every house had like a guard dog. It was it was just weird. Like what? Yeah, that's so awesome. I was, that's how I picture it. Too. I'm I'm walking the streets and stuff. It's like super hot out hot outside, and it's like <laughs> I was I was basically eating quesadillas like every day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get a wide brim habit hat at all? I didn't. Something to block you from the sun? I didn't. <laughs> Oh man, that's where you went wrong. Yeah, I should have got one. Then, man, it, it was it was actually pretty fun though. Like, it was some nice spots we went out to. We went out there and played at. And it's I got to where where were you down there? I was in Guaymas. You probably never heard of it. Should we pretend like we yeah. yeah? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got I yeah. summered there one day. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, it's on the west coast, kind of like by Cali. Good people in Guaymas. Yeah, it's, they they're pretty <laughs> friendly. Like. I, I I I can say this though, they love basketball out there in Mexico. Like all do they? Yeah. yeah. So so are they like hardcore into their teams, or is it like they they're rooting for the NBA and then they kind of keep up for no the Mexican league, or is it like I, every every, every home fans? game we had was sold out. What? That's awesome. I bet that was fun. It was fun. Like they loved it. It was it was crazy. Like I thought like. We loved it in America, but like they really love it. Like they take pride in it. Like it's crazy. Like I think I don't think I played in an empty gym when I was down there. It was like packed out every game, no matter if it was home or away. Everybody showed up. That's nuts. That's I nuts. imagine the G League is not the same. Nah, it's not at all. <laughs> is that hard though? Trying to like get yourself hyped up every night for a game when there's not a lot of juice in the arena. I mean, everyone says that, like, yeah, you get yourself hyped up, but that's got to be, like, random Tuesday night in the middle of nowhere, like, G League game. It's got to be hard to, like, keep getting yourself hyped every every night, you know? Yeah, at first, it was kind of hard, but then, like, as I got used to playing in it, it's, it got easier and easier. Like, over time, it got easier. Like, when I first started off, it was kind of, all right, I got to get prepared since I know it's not going to be a lot of people in here that's going to give me the energy I can feed off. It's like an AAU game or something, huh? Right. So, like, that 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 comes with being a pro. Like, some games, like, it's not going to be, like, you might have, like, maybe 20 people in a crowd. Like, the, the, the Arizona game, wasn't that many people there. But, like, right. as we started winning throughout the season, more fans came out to our games, our home games. That's awesome because, yeah, I mean, that shows that they care about the winning and losing, you know? Right. But then, like, you might – you never know because, like, some some NBA players, like Montrez Harrell, we was playing the Clippers G-League team. He ended up popping up to a, popping up to the game, and I actually talked with him after the game. Luca actually came to the uh, game when we played the Mavericks. Him and uh, Mark Cuban was there. 
Really? Did you get a chance to talk to them? I didn't get a chance to talk to them. <laughs> Did you get scared, Malik? Uh, Not really. <laughs> it, it was an overtime game, so it was kind of close. So, like, we ended up winning, and I just got up out of there. <laughs> Yeah, he was focused on the game. Dude, he put, he put a loss on Mark Cuban's dome and then walked yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Take that with you, Mark. <laughs> like, Donovan Mitchell came to one of our games. Emmanuel Moody came. George's Niang. So, it's like, it was pretty cool. So, speaking of those guys, uh, what NBA player are you watching right now? Before Corona. Before Corona, you know? Is there is there a guy that you're uh, that you're really looking up to right now or that you're really modeling your game after? Uh, not really, but like people I talk to, say so I kind of like remind them of Robert Covington. Really? Yeah, three and D. Bob Covington's a man. Yeah, he is. Three and D. What? <laughs> three yeah. and D. That's a good two. That Houston team's gonna be nuts. We we got robbed of seeing them in the playoffs. Right. Potentially. So if you don't have a if you don't have a player you're watching right now, what about growing up? My favorite player, is LeBron, is like all time. He's the goat. Yeah. <laughs> The greatest of all time. You got him as the goat over Michael, then obviously. Really? Yeah, for sure. Mike, I think so too. Mike, like number three for me. Number three, who's number two? Don't be like Trey Young and say say Steve Nash. No, nah, I I like Steve Nash, but I like like I'm gonna go with Shaq. Shaq was the most dominant player ever. Like Shaq really was oh, yeah. the most dominant player ever. So it's like um, Bron, Shaq, then maybe Kobe and Jordan. They about the same. You, you don't Kobe think, Jordan about the same? You think Kobe gets more love now though? After I, because I do. Yeah, he does. I think, like, like it vaults him up over. Like no one even considers Wilton and Kareem over him now. Like, yeah, I never even did, though because I never really seen them play. That's fair. Yeah, I mean that's true. I feel like Wilt was playing just against like little kids. It yeah, like dude, like it's not the same at all. Well, Kobe was always a hard player to place because his efficiency might not have been the same as Michael's, but. Five rings. I mean, it's still that's still a lot of rings, man. Right. I never really seen Mike play. I only seen clips and like old games yeah. and stuff. But like I actually like I wasn't a I didn't like Kobe as a he was always great. I respected him, but since I was a LeBron fan, it was kinda like, all right, Kobe, LeBron and Kobe, like I'm going with LeBron, even though I respect Kobe's game, he's good. But I always had like this love hate relationship for him because he was always battling with LeBron and who was the best and stuff. That's how I feel about LeBron, man. Oh yeah, I got a little love hate with LeBron. Yeah, but that's how LeBron likes it. <laughs> if you don't like it, you take it up in the barbershop. <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, Malik. I wanted to bring it back a little towards Savannah uh, before we let you go. And if you want to get back to Tiger King, just feel free to hang up at any time. But. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to bring it back towards Savannah a little bit. You went to Jenkins, obviously, and when you were in Savannah, there was, you know, it was a different kind of basketball than what's being played now. I know you've been gone for a while, but you sort of keep up with it. And those around Savannah have obviously noticed that a lot of these kids are kind of forming their little super teams at these schools across Savannah. One year it's Johnson, one year it's Windsor, one year it's Jenkins. I guess you do you think that, if that would have been kind of allowed when you guys were in high school, do you think you guys would have gravitated towards that or, or it wasn't the same type of, uh, you know, feeling back then? I think if it was allowed, we probably would have did it though. Cause like we had a lot of, we got a lot of people like saying, now, oh, man, I wish I would have went to Jenkins. Cause like 
no lie, we had like we had a great program. We had like one of the greatest coaches, I think, in history of Savannah, maybe history yeah. of Georgia. Like nobody has done what Coach McCarry did. So like we had guys telling me like, oh, man, I wish I went to Jenkins. Like Shabari Shabari Davis went to Groves. He wanted to come to Jenkins. Khalid, yeah, Khalid Hughes went to Calvary. He wanted to come to Jenkins. Like. If we would have had those guys come over, we would have had like four or five state championships. <laughs> yeah, and they did. And you guys did end up getting that one state title, the first for Jenkins. I think it was that twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen, my senior year. That's crazy to think that that was five years ago. Bro. Yeah, it was. It's crazy. <laughs> and that game's still on YouTube. Like anyone that hasn't seen that game, I encourage you to go back and watch it. It was nuts. It was uh, Eric Johnson. I think was the game winner with. He's like zero seconds on the clock, basically, against you know, Morgan yeah. County, who had Tukey Brown, and that team was loaded. I think they ended up going back. I think they went the year before Malik, and if you remember, correct me, but they went the year after you guys left, too. Yeah, they, I believe. They ended up being Jenkins again. They beat Jenkins. They beat Jenkins. Yeah, next that's right. Year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so, and but that's that next year, Bakari, that coaching job that he did, like when you were a senior, that was a good coaching job, but that team was loaded. You guys were good. Yeah. And probably could have gone to the state title under a lot of different coaches. But that next year, I can't believe Jenkins made it back to the title game. And they should have won if the rims were actually the correct distance that year. Yeah, they they screwed us. Yeah, but man, he's uh, he's a great coach, man. Like I like And they let him slip away. Yeah, they let him slip away, just like Coach Cam. <laughs> yeah, and a, and a bunch of other coaches across Savannah. That that is a whole nother podcast, that's probably. Podcast. Yeah, that's a whole um, nother topic. <laughs> yeah, you want to? Uh, we got a couple of rapid fire ones for you, uh, Malik. Well, just one more. Uh, what are you listening to right now, Malik? What you what you got playing right now? Uh, I got a little bit of Key Glock, the Yellow Tape. I got a uh, couple of local rappers, Flip Phone Fob. You know. Let me see. Couple like that. local. That's the Savannah guys. Yeah, Savannah guy. Some of my friends, childhood friends. You know, my boy Peso, Khalid Jones. He's out of Savannah too. I grew around him. You know, I always, I always got the Drake plan. You know, J Cole from time to time. That's my, that's my guy. But like, oh yeah, right now it's just really just Keith Lock. I've really been listening to him a lot. NBA young boy too. Oh yeah, that's my guy. That's me and me and Travis both like NBA young boy. Yeah, I like young boy. I'm waiting on Kodak. What if I said just his early stuff? I like just his early stuff. <laughs> nah, it's cool, man. Any young boy. I can't stand that shit. <laughs> but I'm waiting on Kodak to get out, man, so he can really, you know. We all are. Yeah, we are, man. He he got to get his act together though. See, the free Kodak thing lost steam with coronavirus. Yeah, too, it did. Because yeah. Like, now it's it's not like free me was everywhere. and Bobby Schmurder. Yeah, Bob. When Bobby get out, it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> um all right so if if coronavirus is not in play what what's your favorite place to eat in savannah or like favorite local spot favorite local spot ah <laughs> like restaurant or like fast food wise yeah i mean whatever Where, what's the place you're going yeah. to most often when you're in savannah i go to the mall and get charlie's uh philly cheesesteak Hey, Ooh, that, yo, that's a better, <laughs> that's a better answer. Right there. That's I, awesome. I love Philly cheese. That's my favorite thing to eat. Spencer's go-to is Applebee's on Abercorn. Oh so yeah, don't, like that's the spot. You're still the only one going there. Riblets, eat. all you can eat. 
Easy. All right, what's your favorite place in Savannah when all the gyms are open and all the parks are open? Where, where are you hooping in Savannah, like, with your friends? Or, like, maybe looking back, where were you most often hooping in Savannah? Uh, The last couple of years, I've been hooping on base. At Hunter? At Hunter. Damn, that's a low-key spot. Yeah, like, one of my – uh. There's a lot of good games out there, though. Yeah, it is. It'd be a, it'd be a good run. And then, like, we – sometimes we go to, like, maybe Johnson open up. They have Johnson open up. We'll go play at Johnson. I played on base a few times back in the day. Are like you still the, playing? Who are some of the guys yeah. back in Savannah? I know I see it all, all the time on Twitter. There's a bunch of dudes back in Savannah that have either been forced to go home from their college team or forced to go home from, in your case, their pro teams. Are, are there any guys that you're playing with? Regularly, or the guys that you know are back in Savannah trying to find run? Nah, not, like really, everybody just post. Everybody might post something on uh, Instagram, stuff like that. Everybody meet up. Like Tim, Tim Quarterman might be in there a couple of days. Really, all the college players. It's like Antoine Maxwell. He'll come hoop. People, yeah. guys from Savannah State, they'll come play. But like everybody, just meet up. Like. You know, it's, you know they got the uh, 912 Summer League going on in the summer. That just started last year. Yeah, I remember seeing that last year. Hopefully they'll be able to, they'll be able to get it off the ground again this year. Yeah, hopefully it was it was it was actually pretty fun. I played in I played like two games in it last last year. But I mean, dudes take that shit seriously too. Yeah, they do. Everybody go in there and play hard. And I usually play in the one in Atlanta called AEBL. We actually won that last year, last summer. Damn, I bet those environments are crazy. Yeah, because you never know who gonna come in there. <laughs> yeah. All right, Malik. Well, yeah, that's all we got for you, man. You want to plug your Twitter or Instagram or any of those handles? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Master Bruce, M A S T A B R U C E underscore, and Instagram is Malik Benlevy. That's awesome, Malik. Good talking to you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. No appreciate problem, it, man. I appreciate y'all. All right, so that was our interview with Malik Benlevy. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, yeah, give him a follow. He's from Savannah. Interesting guy. Try to support the guys from the 912, obviously, as often as we can. Um, Spencer, like, in that interview, I think the most, I don't know, like, interesting thing to me was uh, obviously everything he said about that night when they learned of the coronavirus. That was kind of wild that – they're uh, on the court in the G League. And obviously there's not as many cameras, not as many people, just not as much attention to that. While at the same time over in Dallas, the Mavericks are on the floor against, I forget who it was. Pelicans. Uh, against the Pellies, yeah. And the NBA is being shut down while Ben Levy and his guys are fighting for a playoff seed uh, and theoretically would have won that game and then gone into the playoffs. So they were literally one or two games away from heading into the playoffs. And then they get taken off the court and then bust 12 hours to where they would eventually be quarantined in Salt Lake city. Uh, All that to me was super fascinating to hear him describe. Yeah, it was. And I mean, it was the players take on it. Devastating, you know, and devastated for Malik, those guys, you know, he sounded like really upset about that. Um, it just sucks all around, man. I mean, yeah, it really does. He, his um, his uh, 
take on Michael versus LeBron, I could tell that was a spot for him where he, uh, he's definitely a LeBron guy, like through and through. Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't have the. I just let it ride. I was, you know. Yeah, but, you pussy it out of there. You soured out at the last second. He well, I mean, I respect LeBron. I, I told him I got to love-hate with LeBron. This is saying I love his game. I hate him as a person. I, I, I think I agree with that. I mean, I don't – I rarely like what LeBron says or does off the court. But, again, we've talked about this before. As a Celtics fan, no one has more fear and respect for the king than <laughs> Celtics fans. Like. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 outright fear. Yeah, that's what it yeah. is. Um, uh, speaking of fear, I would be scared shitless to draft Lamelo Ball or Anthony Edwards in this upcoming draft. Lamelo Ball um, of the uh, famous Ball Clan uh, is in the news again this week because he and his agent bought the Australian NBL team that he currently plays for. I believe it's the Alawa. Alara, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it, man. It's the yeah, Hawks. Don't even, it's yeah, the, the Hawks. Hawks. Um, so I guess a lot of draft boards have him, Anthony Edwards of Georgia, the one and done out of Georgia, and then maybe Obi Toppin from Dayton. Those are kind of the three guys that people are looking at there in the lottery. You're yeah, you're sort going of going in uh, Wiseman as well. Yeah, I mean Wiseman too. I think Wiseman's gonna go where going in the top four 100%. But I, I don't know that everyone's convinced James Wiseman over Obi Toppin. And for me, they're kind of this – if you're drafting one, like drafting the other would also fulfill that need, right? They're going to be the kind of same guy. Well, I think – At least the same spot, like the same position. Yeah. Obi has the ability to play the four a little bit better, uh, I, I would think. Um, yeah. Walter maybe. But uh, – no, I mean, this, this draft is going to be fascinating, dude. Uh, one, because it's not a really deep – it's not a really good draft by any means. From what we could tell, we didn't get to see the tournament. We didn't get to see a lot of LaMelo Ball. You know, he only played – what was it, 12 games down there? Um, yeah, whatever. I mean, he, he kind of is who he is, I feel like. The, the yeah. scouting report and, is pretty much done on him. And Anthony Edwards played on a, a subpar Georgia team, so you don't know how he's going to react to having NBA-caliber players around him. But – this this draft is going to be fascinating for a number of reasons. One, the the strategy number one overall pick. They're not taking Wiseman. They're not taking Ball. The only real player they would take there would be Anthony Edwards. You, you, they can prioritize. And who is this? Who is this you're talking about? More so than in five years that I can. The number one I'll pick. So, depending on who's taking it, yeah, and uh, I agree with you there, yeah. But I, I, listen, I, what if it's the Kings and Luke Walton? You can eliminate Lamelo Ball, right? I mean, there's no way in hell that Luke Walton and the Ball family are going to be back. No, yeah, I, I, exactly. Too well, the Kings. The Kings also wouldn't take a guard. You know what I mean? There's, there's no way that the Kings can get have an opportunity to get Wiseman and not take him when they already have Buddy Heald in. Yeah, but see, the, and then there, but therein lies. If I'm a team drafting at one, and I'll say this about any team, honestly, if I'm drafting at one, I'm doing whatever it takes to get back to four. Yeah, because oh, yeah. of those of those front four, I'm I'm down with any of them. Uh, basically, you know, sans certain situations like Sacramento and Ball wouldn't work. 
Uh, I mean, like the Hawks and Lamella Ball, that doesn't really make sense. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other teams that could potentially well, be up there. Wiseman doesn't make sense either. Hawks and Obi Top doesn't make sense either. Well, well, what? you're assuming the Hawks roster stays the same, though. Well, I mean, Clint Capella and John Collins, you want to take a number one overall pick to put them behind one of those guys? John Collins ain't going anywhere, but I mean, you could potentially. I mean, Look, what could you get? Guess. What yeah. you could get a what a draft pick in the ten to fourteen overall range, probably straight. I up think the Hawks. Capella. I think the Hawks want to see what they got with Clint Capella and John Collins. I'm cool with that, but then yeah. they need to back the hell up and get out of that thing. And honestly, I think a guy like Cole Anthony would be awesome in Atlanta to just run the second unit and yeah. let him volume shot the way Trey Young volume shots with the first unit. A lot of people. A lot of journalists familiar with the Atlanta Hawks situation think there's no way in hell that they actually draft somebody in the top five in this draft. And I would they can't. be mad at seeing them just trade the pick outright, not even. Um, what's fascinating to me is for this draft, Warriors end up with the number one pick. There's three or four superstars that could sit back and be like, I want to go free. This is the time to force myself out of town. I I thought that heading into the draft, and they would have so many. There's not they wouldn't draft Wiseman, right? What use, the Warriors? Yeah, what use would they have for a player that's 20 years old, whose best years are going to come seven years down the road? What they're a ready-made championship team. What use would they have for that? Well, look, theoretically, when you draft a player number one overall before he plays his first moment in a summer league game or any game his value is still the same. It is the same value as having a number one overall pick for those couple of months. So right. theoretically the Warriors could draft whoever they deem to be the number one overall player and never, ever even consider using them. Then you could turn them around and trade them immediately, even right. on draft night, even. Right. Uh, that would be and- the strategy any other year. But since this year you – that you're drafting so much based on needs. This is the Suns, you know, like the Hawks. One of those guys, say they decide they want that number one overall pick. If you've already taken Wiseman with it, you've wiped half of the teams you could potentially trade with off the map. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? So I I think the they're the team with the most to gain just because they have so much already built up. And I don't think any draft just makes a, a bad team a good team. So I mean that I, I'm I'm waiting just based on that. You wonder you wonder if the NBA would ever consider allowing if it gets to this point, allowing the drafted players this year to appear on rosters when they resume the season. Say that again? I didn't I didn't quite understand that. If 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 the draft is held Say the draft is held uh, in July. Right. Okay. Uh, and the NBA season doesn't resume until July. Oh, I see what you're saying. Would, would they allow them would, to play like it's baseball or something? Would they allow them I mean, would year? they allow them to just hop right in into the resuming season? That would be fascinating. I don't think you could do that. Because there's so many. And if I'm a team like the Hawks, Trey Young is not playing again in 2020. No matter what, I'm not allowing him to sit off this long, then try to revamp it for 20 games. They, the, if just to sit out, I'm not touching that. If the Hawks, no way if the Hawks do play, it's because if they play Trey Young, it's because they want to see how he looks with Clint Capella and John Collins. 
that would I guess, but I mean it'll, it'll all be kind of a fool's errand. It won't really be yeah the normal product. I mean, it'll just be kind of they have their aspirations are to hit the playoffs. Lloyd Pierce already said that next year, so I mean right. we'll see. But I don't I don't know how you would do that since all the roster spots are already taken up. You've got to pay those guys that are on rosters anyway, unless you just fill them. Yeah, I don't know how that would look. Unless you just fill the draft picks with the two where they were, that would be the only real thing I could think of. Uh, that would be sick. If Golden, all right, let's uh, yeah. let's let's segue off of that. You said Phil, which reminded me of Phil Mickelson, yeah. which reminds me that the British Open is now canceled. Uh, not postponed like the Masters. It is canceled. Um, it comes on the heels of Wimbledon canceling their 2020 event um, over at the All London Grass Club or whatever the hell those dudes call it. Oh, um, you know what sucks though is that Tiger Woods is just getting screwed out of these opportunities to win a major. They're trying to hold them back winning a major that's what corona tried corona obviously is a jack nicholas fan i mean i think yeah this is that's a, obvious at this point this is an obvious big conspiracy to hold back tiger and it's it's not gonna work no 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 no. you can't stop that train especially not after picking up one last year i mean the, you in all seriousness what do you put his chances at at hitting 18 so I think about it a lot. I think if, if Tiger needs four to do it, I think about he needs four wins in the majors, right? So how many majors does he need to play in in order to win four of those? Realistic. I would, yeah, I would think at least sixteen. It you w- win one out of four. Say, unless he wins two in one year, at least sixteen. Yeah, so I, I, that's four years. That's four years, and, and that's possible. But what that's the kind of math that you have to do in your head if you're a Tiger fan because right. you're running out of time. I mean, even if you gave him eight more years, now you're – I mean, that's only 32 shots to win four times, and you would think theoretically his chances go down each, each year. Like yeah, after, after each – and even after each week. I mean, every day he's getting older. Like his chances probably go down. I would think um, he can stay competitive and, in the Masters as it goes along. He's gonna have a really, just a really really hard. But time. just let him get to seventeen or sixteen. Just let him be able to smell it, put it right there at the end of the finish line for him, and he's got it. If, I think if he gets to if he gets to sixteen, it's over. He's getting to 18. I agree. 100%. I just – if he ends at 18 for his career when it's all said and done and he's tied with Jack, you'll never be able to convince the Jack truthers that he was better than Jack, even though he he is better than Jack. Uh, If he gets to 19, is there an argument that old white guys could make that he's not – Better than Jack Nicholas? No, I mean he's already got more wins than Jack total, right? I know. I'm just trying to. Th- yeah. Oh yeah, he's got more wins than anybody ever. Yeah. Which I thought was the name of the game. Yeah. You play to win. Winning golf tournament, but so I, I just trying to think of what argument someone could make if Tiger got to 19. Maybe the moral argument. Jack yeah, I mean I guy, tossed. You know? I th- I throw that guy out the window. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could say I guess Jack did it with 
less advanced technology. Yeah, but his competition did as Te- well. Technology guy could technology guy could still argue probably. Uh, I don't know. Jack couldn't hit the ball as far yet. I mean, but his competition was playing with the same clubs. So that doesn't make any sense. Right, and Tiger's doing it against stiffer competition. Yeah. That's not really up for debate. Uh, um, all right, let's close off with this. What would you think of a Tiger and Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson match play? I wish that the teams were switched. Don't you? You can't put you can't put the two goats. That's together, what I though. want. I want the two goats and the two like their two foils to to play together. You know what I mean? I would because I mean I think Phil and Peyton probably have a real have you seen Peyton Manning play golf? Yeah, I mean, I think, but it depends on how they play. Would I think what would be cool would be like doing uh, just straight up like alternating shots. Hmm. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, because like I don't really want to see Peyton and Tom Brady finish out their balls every time, all eighteen holes in a match play event. It's just not going to really matter in the long run too yeah, I, much. I guess I just assumed that they would do like a best ball. I don't I don't know. I think they probably would, but how cool would that be if it's like Phil tees off of hole two and hits a pipe down the middle and there's like hundred and seventy five yards left for for Brady. Brady wants to go for the green of course, but then if he lays up to sixty yards for Phil Mickelson, Phil Mickelson's gonna put it to within an inch. And then he just walks up and taps it in. Brady does. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That kind of stuff would be cool to watch. That kind of stuff would be cool to watch. Let me ask you this. Do you think it would be more lighthearted in nature or more competitive in nature if you add Phil and – or excuse me, if you add Brady and Manning? I feel like – I don't think – like all four of those guys combined, it's not going to be like – they're going to care a great deal who wins. And I would think that all of it would be – all of the charities and stuff would be donated to – Corona victims, yeah. and then they would have the they would have the live mics with the actual live bets going on between all four yeah. guys. And these are two guys, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, who are rare in the sense that they can potentially match money wise what yeah. Phil and exactly. Woods are doing on these holes. Like, oh, so definitely if can. you if you, Pey- uh, Peyton like Manning, if Brady and Manning, he's Papa John, he's Papa Peyton, yeah, and he's he's nationwide, yeah. No, I, oh, shucks. I'm Peyton. Just playing a song in the RV. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I watched the last one, and it seemed like they were smiling. They were joking a lot. They were doing the side bets. I feel like if you add Tom Brady and Peyton Manning to that, there's not going to be a smile to be found for 18. They're going in. Yeah, that's what I need, bro. I need that's, a scoreboard yeah. so bad. I've been re-watching old Masters tournaments, just re-watching golf. Like, I miss sports. Me too, man. Right All right, let's, uh, let's wrap it up there. Let's wrap it up there. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Malik Ben-Levy. Uh, appreciate you guys listening and supporting the podcast. Definitely tell your friends, share it. We hope to be on Apple Podcasts very soon. Right now we're on Spotify and also through the Anchor app. Uh, find us on Twitter at Podcast Grits and then email comments, questions, burns, and concerns to uh, hotgritspod at gmail. Dot com. Spencer, you want to tell the folks? Yeah, I mean, just don't forget if you're trying to feud with us, hit me up. I'm down for a feud. That's right. To all the bi- to all the biker games yeah. out there. All right. Well, all the yeah. Smoke, thank baby. you guys for listening. 
flow your way and wash your hands, you filthy, filthy animals.